I titled this Better. I really could have used any chapter in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, or all the supporting chapters that's in our daily reading. The supporting chapters, mostly this week, if I find a quote in one of the chapters, I will you go to where the quote originates from and include that chapter. And that has been, it's crazy, because you know, Ezekiel 37, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 52, uh, Philippians 4, 2 Thessalonians 3, and you're going, whoa, this is like, there's one author for all time, speaking about one man who was coming to be first a suffering sacrifice, obedient to the Father, and now he would be the reigning majestic Messiah in all authority. Wow. So uh, next month we finish as far as having read through the New Testament, like four months. We'll start again. We'll just start again. I'll do it a different way. Pray for that. In fact, this next month we hit Revelation and Hebrews and Jude. That'll be the last three books. Revelation. So we will talk about the end game, God's final, final completion and coming. And we're, I'm excited. I asked the men because what I've found now is that we, God initiates things in, in the midst of our, our Saturdays. So I asked the men, I said, I believe that in the midst of Revelation, 22 chapters, 22 days we'll cover, and they have addendums. I'm asking Kathy McCoy and Jan Kuski, both of them who have spent their, you know, developed, 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 devote their life to, to, to understanding the Lord's coming, the second coming of Jesus, the rapture, to give me some of the scriptures that would correlate, correlate, correlate. correlate. <laughs> okay, that should help correlate with the chapters in Revelation. So that will be good. But on the, I asked the men, on the 13th, which is our next set date, we want to give that day, like we gave to the women for Clarice conference, we want to give that day for the end game, to, to understand the day of the Lord, to begin to re renew our expectancy of what hope that brings. The church began with the first announcement upon Jesus' departure came from two angels and said the way he ascended, he will be descending. And there was a constant expectancy of the day of the Lord. So we want to take the day. So I'm sharing this with the men, and you can feel that, yes, we'll pray, we'll agree, we'll give the day for that. So that'll be August the 13th. And it'll take a little more time, so we'll start at 9 a.m., and we'll go to 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. That's still a work in progress, still understanding the, the substance of what God wants to accomplish. I know what he wants to do is he wants to imbibe us with supernatural hope and expectancy and, a, and, a, and an overcoming spirit to which we are not afraid of anything and confident in Christ and everything, anticipating the day of the Lord, expecting his help, expecting a greater witness. But I don't know how that's supposed to all come out, and I'll get... Kathy and Jan to help and others and the men. So I'm sharing that. We'll do a lunch and it, uh, we'll get some materials for people. It'll just be, I think it'll be a great, great, great summer mid-break. Mid so while I'm sharing this, I just want to share this because it flows with what happened yesterday and it flows to what's happening in our midst and all this point of what, what God wants to do with you and what he wants to do with me and 
what he's doing with all of us. While I'm saying this, I feel the Holy Spirit say, I want to, I want the, the men should make the lunch because we've got like three, four ladies. Rosie's got a team that have been coming and making a five-star breakfast ever since whenever they cook, men come. Why? Because the way to a man's heart is through his belly. And we use it to the full extent. But you know, it's so good. But anyway, here's the deal. I'm thinking that, but I know I need to chat with Brian and talk it out. And Brian's thinking the same thing, that we're not going to ask Rosie and her team to come and do all the work so we can now bring 100, 150 people into a, into a day of focus. But we're going to get the men's ministry to come and be a part of the cook. And, you know, it'll have meat that way. I think that's all men, most, yeah, try chip, I don't know what. But anyway, that's, so mark your calendars, the 13th of August, 9 to 3, uh, a gathering to hear and discover what has been written in the prophets and the scriptures and given to us through the apostles and through our Lord himself, what it is that we're to look for in the last days and the coming of the Lord. And, and that'll be on the 13th. So praise you, Jesus. Now for the message, Hebrews 13. Hebrews, there are, uh, I, I love Hebrews, and that'll be the second part. Jesus has a plan, a sovereign Lord is coming, and Jesus' sovereign plan is to meet a bride that looks like Hebrews, a matured bride, and the two are coming together in concert. And I've got to get to my notes to tell you, I've been loving Hebrews for a long time. In fact, I worship the Lord often with Hebrews. What does that mean? That means... I begin by saying, like, the first four verses are filled. Uh, God, who at various times and various ways spoke to our fathers in the prophets, has spoken to us in these last days in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things, gathering all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty, having become so much better than the angels, as he obtained through an inheritance a more excellent name than the angels, he was called a son. So by taking scripture, and, and that's why we're in the scriptures and we're in prayer, we begin to cut, we get, we get a script to worship, to ascribe to the Lord glory, to ascribe to the Lord truth, to tell the Lord back the truth about himself. And in telling him the truth about himself, we begin to experience that truth in ways that are phenomenal. From that very first verse, four, verse 4, you hear this word better. The word better means stronger. In other words, it's, it's, it is better, it's stronger, it's, the, it's, it's what has now been given to us in Christ. So let me get this opened up. There are 12 betters. And I'll just give you the, I'll give you, if you want to write them down, I'll give you the, the verse. Otherwise, I'll, I'll probably, I'll put them in the secret place. If you don't, go on our website. And if you haven't subscribed to the secret places, our, my blog I do on, comes out Tuesday mornings. But if you want to write them down, the first better is that he is better than the angels. Now, all of the betters speak to what, he what was accomplished by his sacrifice and all of what he has become as our high priest. 
It's the resurrection results. Uh, Hebrews 6, 1, which if we go through a big, you know, uh, when I'm worshiping with Hebrews, I'll say, Lord, you are these things. You're the brightness of the glory. You're the express image of Father. I, I acknowledge you to hold all things together by the word of your power. You are the one and only who's, who purged our sins, my sins, and you're seated at the right hand of majesty. So I get a good, I get, I get, I get my sighting right. I get my vision on where he is. He's seated at the right hand. Then I rehearse the beauty of what's finishing chapter 1 because I, I just kind of bring up the things that stir up inside of me. Don't use the Bible necessarily because I just try to have a conversation with his conversation back to him. And I love Hebrews 2 because it talks about if Psalm 8, the, to which of the, which of the angels, you know, it says the men were uh, made a little lower than the angels but they've been crowned with glory and honor, and then says, but we don't see that yet. But we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he might taste, with taste is a kind of like, we don't like that. No, eat, swallow, swallow up death that's over every one of us. So the, the, the truth starts breaking into my being. The death has been swallowed up over my life. He goes on, he says, through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Means that he put him into a non-category of having effect on what he's doing. He neutralized him, nullified him. The worst sentence that Satan could be given is that he has no say in anything. And then he says that through death, he might deliver us who were always living in bondage because we're always afraid to die. So all in this, through death, he swallowed it up. He discounted Satan from his ability. If we'll put trust in God, I don't care where you are, what's happening. Jesus is Lord. Grace is coming. Breakthrough's here. Joy is breaking forth. And then he delivers us so we don't have to be afraid of death. And he's a high priest because he was coming to our aid. He's felt everything we've been through, but without sin. And so he's able to strengthen us and help us. So we're in verse chapter 3. He's going, now, consider this. You've been a part of, called into a heavenly calling. And consider your apostle and high priest of your confession. And then he says, we are the house of the Lord if we hold fast the boasting or confidence and rejoicing of hope firm to the end. So I went, whoa. So I just turn it around. This is what I'm doing because I've been told this is what I'm doing. This is what you've done, so now I receive it as being done. I can't produce it. I can't make it happen. I can't even make, it, I can't even make myself feel it, but I don't need to. It's just truth, and it's who you are. And so he goes on, talks about the hardening of the heart, the deceitfulness of sin, lose your place. Instead, we're supposed to continue in the faith that was given. And if we have trouble entering into rest, then just enter into his word. Because the word is alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It separates, pierces, and separates the soul from the spirit. The outward man from the inward man. And takes the thoughts and very intentions of my heart. And, these, and Jeremiah said, the heart is desperately wicked, and who can know it? But he said, I, the Lord, search the heart. So with the word of God, my heart begins to be seen, and I go, oh, that's my motive. I didn't know that was my motive. I thought my religious idea was my motive. 
So he really brings transformation, brings rest, brings surrender, and brings us to the throne of grace. Hebrews goes on, says, hey, this one who's been called the son became the high priest by an oath. God says in Psalm 110, you will be my royal priest. I swear by an oath, you will be my royal priest when I call you my righteous king, my king of righteousness. And so Melchizedek, that's a transliteration, that's Hebrew for Melchi, king, uh, Ziknik, or something like that, of righteousness, king of righteousness. And so he says, I've got, he is now because he came through that process of prep, of perfection by submission. He learned obedience by the things he went through. He learned to listen to the voice, to the word of God over him and did not let the circumstances around him tell him who he was. And now he's the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And he goes, whoa, I get to learn to hear his words over me and let these truths rest over me instead of the circumstances defining me in whatever I'm in. So he says, there's so much for me to tell you about this, but you become dull. You're lazy. Your ears are dull. You're not, you don't have a, the, the ability to keep following. You've got to go back to the milk. You don't understand the word of righteousness. You just need the first, the word of salvation. You don't understand the acceptance and the position of what has been done and brought forth. And so he shares some really intimate things in chapter 6. And I use them all to ask the Lord that these truths be a part of my life and I could experience them. So the repentance from dead works, uh, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands. Uh, then it goes on to uh, uh, resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. That's the basics. And so I meditate. Lord, these are the truths that I accept, and I want them to be functional and operational. I don't want to have to keep returning to these. These are truths that I receive. Because I want to go on to the good stuff, if you permit. I don't want to ever go on without your permission. I'm paraphrasing. Because he said, it, it, it's impossible to bring back to repentance if people get into the place that, you, that you're meant to be, the maturity, to be teachers, to, to uh, be illuminated, to enter into revelations. See, I know some of us go, the Bible, I like it, but I don't know how to make it work. Well, just read it. You can't, maybe some of us are playing catch up, but read it. At one point, it'll start reading to you. It'll start talking to you. It'll be like, like it's like almost like, like Cammie uses and how I'm using all the time in our Bible reading. I'll listen to the Bible being read to me audibly so I can hear you know, and I hear, and all of a sudden I hear, hear, I hear on top of what I'm hearing, I hear inside of what I'm hearing, truth, that I go, oh, that's illumination, or we call revelation. Or to taste the heavenly gift, that means to swallow Jesus. So I'll say to Jesus what John 6, he said to his disciples, I want to eat your body. I want to drink your blood. Now, what do I mean by that? I want to internalize you. I do not want to have some far relationship away from you. I want to eat you. And he understands what I mean because he was the one who first said the words. So then he goes on and he says uh, uh, that we would be partakers of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in partnership with you, Holy Spirit, and how you want to move and be. I want to eat the good word of God, the good word of God, the rhema spoken word. And I want to taste and eat the powers that are coming. I want to partake. So he talks about, okay, 
All of that's perfect, but you're going to hold your place in patience. So the next better is, it's better things are expected. Because God's expecting fruit in our life. He's expecting increase. He's expecting the, the image of his son to take uh, maturity. And he says, we're expecting that in you. Because you know what? Every, God's not unfaithful. If you do good, if he, he knows that you are a minister and love his name by ministering one to another. Whoa, I do that, Lord. I, I, then we start picking up. Because after we've kind of been like a, you know, re, 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 re-tutored remedial teaching, we're back on the Melchizedek, the king of righteousness. So Hebrews 7, 7. So I've said Hebrews 1, 4, Hebrews 6, 1, Hebrews 7, 7. We are being blessed by Melchizedek like Abram was blessed by Melchizedek and the better, the lesser is blessed by the better. So I get really, I get really as low as I can go and expectant as I can be and I go, I'm the lesser, I'm Steve the lesser. I'd like to be blessed by the better, Melchizedek, king of righteousness, where you are, seated at the right hand of the Father, I receive blessing. So he who had the promise had to be blessed for the promise to be fulfilled. Some of us have promises that have been uttered that we've heard, we took hold of them, but we went into our flesh and our abilities to try to produce them, and we now won't humble ourselves and come to the king and say, Lord Jesus, no matter what's happened, however long it's been, you are able to perform your promises. And I need your blessing. I need your blessing. Like Jacob, we can run all over the place. We can get four wives and 12 sons. But one of these days, we've got to meet God face to face. And say, God, I'm not letting go until I'm blessed. I've seen the value of who you are, but I stole the blessing. I purchased the inheritance. I purchased the birthright. I just, I, I'm, I'm done. So God says, well, the angel, he won't let him go. The angel of the Lord says, well, what's your name, son? He said, I'm Jacob, which has always been, as everyone tells me, a swindler. He said, well, no longer. Your name now will be Israel, Prince, for you have wrestled with God and man and have prevailed. So, blessed by the better. Hebrews 7, we've got nine more. We are blessed with a better hope. Jesus is the better hope. We have all confidence in all things being fulfilled because of an active high priest in intercession over us. We have a better covenant. Each of these words is stronger. You can look them up for yourself. Hebrews 7.22. I'll put them up in the, in the secret place. Uh, Hebrews 8.6. We've been a better covenant that's been given to us with better promises. So, you see, you can understand. If I'm kind of in this and in, 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 uh, claiming to the Lord these truths, acknowledging them before him, thanking Jesus for the submission he had to submit to the Father to become our sin sacrifice now acknowledging his current day ministry, I start experiencing it. So all of a sudden, you've got a better, I've got a better hope, I've got a better covenant, I've got a better promises, better sacrifices. But it says, now that he is this high priest, he's ever living to make intercession for me. And I take a lot of time telling the Lord, Lord, I need an intercession over me by you. Intercession is interception. God steps into the situation I'm after. He breaks through my iniquity and says, by the way, Steve, that's not who I made you to be. This is what I'm doing right now. 
yield to my work. I love those moments. I love those moments. I live for those moments because those moments bring me new life. So I honor that. I honor him. He's better hope, better, better intercession. And then he goes on, um, and I'll just finish this. Mm. He has given us a better sacrifice, a better and enduring possession for us in heaven. A better and enduring. So whatever I'm losing is nothing compared to what I'm gaining. And if you steal everything of mine, I got a better treasure in heaven. In fact, some of us ought to be, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, how do, where do I put my treasure right now? Because if I put it up in heaven, moth and rust may not get it. Well, no, we'll not get it. It's, it's, it's strategic. I, wanna, I really believe that's true to you, so I just want to hear you on that. Uh, better heavenly city. You don't want to live in Los Angeles. You don't want to live wherever you want to live. You want to live in New, New Jerusalem. And that's when we, when we start living that, we anticipate. I, I've got a city that I, I, I'm not a part of this. I'm a pilgrim. I'm passing through. I'm on to a heavenly city. A better resurrection. There, and then there, that's, okay, so I've missed some of those. Hebrews 10.34, better enduring possession. Hebrews 9.23, better sacrifice. Hebrews 11.16, a better heavenly city. Hebrews 11.35, a better resurrection. Hebrews 11.40, something better for us. All of us have got to come into the fullness of all that Christ has given us in himself as he is the head and we are his body. And when we all come into the fullness of that, the living church, we all come into the blessing, the better blessing, something better. And then lastly, uh, Hebrews 12, 24, that he, we've come to the blood, not of Abel, but the blood of our Lord, not on the cross, but when he brought it up to the heavenly tabernacle in heaven and he sprinkled it. Come to the better sprinkling, a blood of sprinkling, which the Hebrews all explains our whole thing. It's covenant. The sprinklings that, that brought us into internal relationship through Christ with the Father in his exalted state. And, oh, you're something else. But Hebrews 10, 19 gives the simplest process of packet of, of living out this. So if you can take me to Hebrews 10, 19. You say, again, a lot of times I'd read Hebrews, I'd just go to chapter 11. If I was brave, I might go on to chapter 12, but that was always about discipline, so I usually stayed at 11. But now you read the whole thing and you begin to go, wow, huge. But 10, 19, changed my life. I started practicing it, whatever, by 2005. Began to come to conclude that there was no one like Jesus, and I certainly couldn't be Jesus. And only what Jesus did on the earth, and now what he does in heaven, would make a difference. So I need to apply, appropriate who he is, not who I am. I'll never be good enough, but he is always complete in what, he, what was accomplished through him both to be the sacrifice for sin and then to be raised in the justification for our lives. And now to ascend, sit at the right hand, and to be called a royal priest. And through his intercession and appearing in the presence of God over us, God sees me, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus, he sees me. He can't separate me from Jesus. So I, I like that. Had a bad day, sinned my head off, I can come up with that, or I can come up and say, Father, you know, the blood is enough that I want to come with your boldness. I'm going to say, Jesus is sufficient. I'm going to come in anyway. 
I had a bad day. It's like kids. Kids have bad days, kids have good days. So he says, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the first I do, I come. I'm here. I'm here. Dad, Jesus, I love you. I'm here. We're going to have, I want to praise you. Of course I want to praise you. I want to bring all those attributes that I find I love to bring to you about who you are. Psalms work the same. Any place in the Bible will be appropriate. And I'm coming and I'm accepted because I'm coming by the blood, that's the boldness, and I'm coming through the veil of your flesh, which you consecrated, a new and living way. You were recently slain and you were raised from the dead. Your death, burial, ascension, intercession. Your death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and your high priestly intercession. All these are my means in. I'm coming under Jesus. I know, oh, what are you doing here? Uh, Jesus, come on in. Yeah. Well, who do, you, who do you think you are? Jesus. Yeah. All right, you're accepted. You're accepted in the beloved. You can't get in by any other name, by any other way, any other means. So then, I have a high priest over the house of God. Think about that. This is, this is maturing into expectancy and to confidence in what Christ has accomplished when he submitted to the Father, what God did to him and brought him up, now what he's doing for us and a high priest in the presence of God over us. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. This revolutionized my life. I used to spend all my prayer to try to write my life so I could feel good enough to be accepted in the presence of God. So it spends about 50 minutes to try to sort out yesterday. Now I spend, I began the first part and say, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming by your blood, through your veil, and you're my high priest. I'm coming right in. And then it says, now talk to me. How you doing, Steve? Oh, I'm not doing well at all. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm fearful. I'm, I don't know what to do with the situation I'm in. I don't, and I realize I can do that. Honest hearts but in the full assurance of faith. I'm accepted. You, I, can't, I can't tell God something. He would say, oh, get out of my presence, son. Because I'm not in his presence by my righteousness. I'm in his presence through Jesus Christ. So are you. If you're not, you're not in his presence. You might feel the flutters of things of God trying to attract and help and support. He's always ready to help us, but he has to possess us, own us in his son to release the fullness of what his son has accomplished now in his present ministry. Let us hold, he says we have full assurance, so I, I talk, I be honest, I share my place, I praise him, I worship him. And while that happens, something wonderful happens every day. My heart's sprinkled with the, the blood. There you go. So don't you feel better now, Steve? Oh, whoa, I don't feel any guilt or shame. I was trying just to hold my faith in what you've done, but now I hold my faith in what you've done has made what I've done doesn't matter. Whoa! Seriously, I, don't approach God with righteousness because once you live there, you have to maintain it. God is after righteousness in our lives, but it has to come through the relationship of Jesus Christ and submission for it to have the kind of longevity and truth, sincerity. So, and then I have my body's washed with pure water. The water, the words start coming up and I start going, yeah, that's who I am. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Jesus started that. He's going to finish that. And what that initiates, what that activates, 
is all the things that God has spoken to me in all the years of my following, all those moments of intimacy, moments in the scripture, moments where I felt the Lord say this or I said that, all those moments where I said, I heard your voice say, seek my face. And my heart said, I'll seek your face. All of that starts coming back alive. And what that means is I all of a sudden have something of personal conversation to reiterate to the glorious King, Jesus. I hold fast the confession of my hope. Hold fast that con You said this. You promised that. You promised this. You said this. And I'm not going to let those things go away. I'll tell you a secret. Every time you hear the Lord speak, at least my life, I've experienced this. Every time God speaks, I come up with an outcome. Oh, that's what this means. Oh, yeah, that's going to go that way. Oh, I couldn't. I got, oh, it never works that way. Never works that way. First off, you have to buy the field to get the treasure. Right. So you got to, you know, you get a verse in verse 19 of a chapter. You got to go back to verse one and live it. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear a word that says, I'm going to do this. You're thinking, I think, oh, praise God. It's about time you do this. Then I realize he's saying, no, I gave you that word to give you a, a strategy to hold faith and confidence because you're about to go through what's in front of that word. But once you go through enough, you say, well, whatever. It's not my life. It's yours. You're living in me. So I start releasing this hope. Oh, Lord. Now, 46 years in Jesus, that means I've had some words that I had ideas about, that I had names placed to them, that I had circumstances set, stretched out. I even, I even, you know, bought the letterhead for it. <laughs> it never happened. So I'm like, Joseph, I'm sitting in a prison. I'm supposed to be the prime minister. At least my brothers are supposed to bow down and worship me. And I'm sitting in a prison. And finally, I don't get any action. Everyone's forgotten me. And now you have face-to-face -face time. Well, Lord, did I hear you or did I not? Well, I can't really deny the fact that I did encounter the Spirit of God. And I had a dream, and it was vivid, and it was true. But I, there's no way it's going to ever happen now. So does it mean I missed it? Well, of course I missed it. <laughs> I was a bragged, big mouth, tattletale to my brothers, and they sold me off. And, but but let's, get all, let's get all that stuff behind me. What are we going to do, Dad? And you hear this thing. He'll say, what I said is true. What I've said over you is true, and I want to hear it back from you. Worship me. Hold that confession. And what happens in the end of our days is that when it comes completion, we're not looking at ourselves as a matter of the equation. We are not the equation. We're the other side of the equal sign. We receive. We become. The benefit of Jesus submitted to the Father, spoken word over us, brings about a set result that God has in mind. I'm saying, God, I want Ishmael to serve. He says, no, Ishmael will be great, but out of Sarah, will come your son, we'll call him laughter. You could have just shut down, especially when he got the second part. And because this is so true, and this covenant is so strong, and because you believed me before, we're going into a demonstration of the covenant. I would like your foreskin by the end of today. <laughs> Thank God he was the boss of the whole household because he told all the other men, we have a new covenant of demonstration that we've come into faith we all have to be circumcised. And he went and did it that day. See, beloved, you cannot take yourself out of the will of God. 
in a fashion where God cannot accomplish the will he spoke. He knew where he was going, what he was saying, and he knew who he was working with when he spoke it. He expects nothing from us but failure. And he accepts nothing but perfection in his son. So the dependency of Jesus Christ only, and not my means, not my part, not my little bit, little bit, just him, just him. That reduction of myself so that he can increase is our life journey. It's our life journey. That's why so many of you are so old. God bless you. You didn't give up. Seriously. How many? Okay, we got to finish. Because here's the deal. That's union in Christ. Ours for the apprehension, for the receiving, for the practice. But what happens when we begin to feel that? He goes on and he says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That means I start seeing Jesus in Brian and Deborah and Eddie. I see Jesus. I see him in Chris. I see him. I, I see you. I see you. I want to stir you up. I don't want you to, don't give up. Don't stop. Keep going. Get up. Don't have, don't, you, you, get your faith active. Get involved. Do something. Be good. Do good works and love. Do good works and love. Love, love, love. Good works. You may not have all the revelation encounters I've had with Jesus, but you can beat me to the end by just loving more people than I love. Yeah, amen. Just practice love. Man, I've learned that. If I don't love, I'm nothing. I see nothing. I have nothing. I get no rewards. No matter what I do, love is the best, the most. Love, love, love. Do good works. Don't sit around and be lazy. Get to church and do something for God. You see, we got classrooms. Anyone want to start a next classroom to, for the third, fourth, and fifth graders so that we can have the second, first, and kinder, no, kindergartens, them separated? Or what we did is we, I went to Allie, little Allie. I said, Allie, we got to get a preschool. You know how to do this. Will you do this? She prayed. She said, I'll do it. Now she's doing a dance. You say, I've got, I've got faith. Well, show me it. And it's not, well, no one's ever asked me. Don't. The only person that has kind of authority to change things is when God says, and he never asks. He says, I want you to step in here. And how do you know he wants you to step in here? You see a gaping hole. Oh, boy. These guys are never going to grow if that thing doesn't ever get fixed. Guess what? That's you. That's you. Or when somebody starts a step, we've got to encourage each other. Get going. Don't stop. Let's do it. That's why we consider. And then, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is. Now here, this is rapture. Today you practice the rapture. I'll close in just a moment. Just, today you practice the rapture. And if the rapture happens in five minutes, you'll be glad you practiced. Today you practice the rapture. We are called the church, the ecclesia. The called out. We're called out of the perverse, crooked generation. We're called out. Yes, I hear your voice. You're calling me. I'm following you. The next step of being called out is to assemble. It means to collection, to collecting together. But it's also the same word used for the rapture. So as hard as it was to get to church, 
that's preparation to continue in faith and in pursuit so that we can be the five wise virgins with enough oil to turn our lamps and be received. That we can have enough uh, preparation that we can have wedding garments when we go to meet the, at the wedding. Beloved, it's your responsibility, not mine. I'll tell you the truth, but I can't do the truth for you. It's imperative at this hour, more so than any, whether Jesus comes in my lifetime or not, it is imperative because of the maturity of evil on the earth that the maturity of the church rise up above it, to arise and shine. So we don't as we assemble. We got to assemble. We got to get together. And and it's and because there's people that stop doing it. See, that's what I'm saying. You're overcomers. You're here, or you came back. You're overcomers. There's a, you know, for every one of us, there's probably 20 others who stopped going. What's the purpose? I don't get anything out of it. I know the Bible as well as they do. I'll sit at home. Well, you're not practicing the rapture. All of a sudden, one day, behold, bridegroom cometh. My light's going out. Hey, I know, that, I, I know you pray, so can you help me with get some more lamp oil? And you have to say, no, I won't. Because if I give you what I have, well, both our lamps will go out. You go buy it. That's how we all get it. You've got to go buy it. Jesus said, buy from me. Buy from me clothes that are made white. Buy from me gold that's been refined in fire. Buy from me the, 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 the eye salve so you can see. So they're up to buy, and then the bridegroom comes, and they don't get to come in. So they get to go through whatever that's coming after that. They can still call on the Lord. They can still ask for help, but they can't get in the opportunity that I believe was that second, that, that rapture, that moment in, when we're called out. It's time to get my bride out. I'm about to deal some, 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 some severe stuff. I'm about to deal with wickedness. It's grown to maturity. I'm separating the wicked from the righteous, the children of light from the children of darkness. And I first take my children of light out, and then we'll, like Noah, get them in the boat. Now the rain comes. Or lot, lot, get them out of the city, and now the fire comes. So don't say, escape this assembling. This is the gathering together, the collecting of the saints, the calling up, the calling up. But exhorting one another. This is the third portion. And we close with this. This is the third portion. I've been called out. I said yes to Jesus. He appeared to me. I heard him in the scripture. Someone asked me, do you want to receive Jesus? Something made me say yes. I, can't, I was called out. Now we collect together, we worship, we practice being a family, living in the same vicinity, enduring one another, putting up with each other, trying to grow up with each other. And then because, besides that, we're being called to exhort one another. And that's the coolest of picture. It's just a wiggling thing. Uh, you, you, you collect people. You collect people. You say, well, follow me. Oh, no, you can't. I'm in a phone. Enough people. You, you get people. You get people and you say, it means to get into a huddle. Come on. Come on. I see it. And we get like faith. Hey, let's do it. Let's make this happen. Let's make this happen. It's going to happen. We're going we're, 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 we're to hold our place. That's why I need you to come and join me in prayer on Wednesdays. I need you to come and be a part of the men's gathering. I need you to be, read your Bible. You say, I don't need to read what you tell me. Yes, you do. Just if not to deal with your pride. I don't got any special meth medicate, you know, idea. Came and said, what is, what is Ezekiel 37? He said, you chose those. I go, I have no idea. 
But usually what I choose is if the scripture's quoted, I go to that chapter. Or if there's a corresponding chapter that deals with the same you know, flow, but if it's a scripture, I always defer to scripture. So I have to go back myself. But we're, we're, we're exhorting. Come on, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. I'm in a revival because I started reading my Bible. I'm in a personal revival because I started reading my Bible. You said, didn't you read your Bible? How'd you teach? Well, of course I read my Bible, but that was to get the subjects I wanted to pursue. I read subject matter. I was a topical Bible reader. So I ignored all those things. Like Brian said, I, I kind of just read over that part. <laughs> Another day. Now I read it every day and I go, oh my God! Oh my God! You don't like fornication! Oh my God, you're coming for a spotless bride that you're washing with the water of the word. Oh my God, I can't stand up to anyone. Yes, you face the Sanhedrin with absolute certainty because you fellowship with your father completely. I am being challenged by the, the, the standard of the scriptures, the, the judgment that they will bring. And I go, oh, how did you do it, Jesus? How could you do what you did? Tell me, I mean, there's no way. I'm going to come up to April 15th and go, oh, uh, I'm going to go over to the pier, pass a uh, fishing hook, and the first fish I have will bring all the thousands of dollars I owe for tax. And I'll take the coin out, which have to be gold, and go pay my taxes. And furthermore, I'm not even going to do it. I'm going to go tell my son, Nathan, go do it. How did you carry this? He said, I submitted myself to the word of God. I lived under submission to the Word of God. I was not here independently operating as the, God the Son. I was a son of man, submitted to my Father in His Word. So I go, whoa. I'm telling you, just read the Bible. Just read the Bible. You'll start into revival. You won't be able to help it because this is living. It's alive. You tell people, I want help. Deliver me. Take these demons away from me. Bring me money. Give me friends. I want to get married too. And obedient children. Can you pray that for me? No. I can't. I can't give you any of those. Only God can give any of those. And you have to get them from Him. And you get them from Him by submission to His Word and in His presence and taking time to pray. Do you really think He thinks He's not important enough to be given the first of your time, the first of your talents, and the first of your treasures? But you start in, you go, Because he says, back up to verse 25, and we'll close. I'm so sorry, I get Jesus, you're so beautiful. Mm. Not exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What does that mean? It means the, the, late, the closer the hour, the harder it will be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm honest. I don't know what happens. It's wherever I set my hope in. And my hope is anything other than Jesus Christ, it will fail. How do I know? Because every promise I had that I gave hope attached to a name, a place, a person, or a thing have left me brokenhearted, disappointed, and in disillusionment. Sometimes to the point of stopping my pursuit. I mean, I'm, I'm ashamed of how often I had a little pout. But it wasn't that I wasn't, you know, desiring. It's just like I got brokenhearted. 
because hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it wasn't until the Lord said, listen, I never promised you a circumstantial outcome of every word I spoke to you. I just promised you my word spoken to you. Now, if you'll let go of the things, forgive the things, release the things of what you saw the outcome, come celebrate and fellowship with me in the word, in my spirit, and just shut up, Steve, and say what I said. And I started doing it. And I get it. I, I'm getting, I'm happy, I'm, I'm free, I'm giving away life where I couldn't, I'm, I'm not concerned about what's coming, I'm not as terrified by death, all because of submission. The whole living Bible summed up in one word, submission. Not to each other, oh we are too, once we're in the fellowship of God we can do so. But we're to submit to him, to his word, to his truth. And to... So he says, rejoice always. Oh, gosh. I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, 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 because Jesus is my Savior today. That's rejoicing. Pray without ceasing. Well, I give you praise. I thank you for your word. You are the high priest. You are sitting on a golden throne. You have all the power in the world. I don't see much of it, but you are magnificent. I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful that life has gone every way I didn't want it to go. I'm thankful for all the promises that have turned, uh, I don't know what happened, but the dreams are nightmares. But I'm thankful because I'm going to find Jesus. Find me. Here I am. Come on inside of me. Activate me. Heal me. Free me. Deliver me. I'm releasing the world. I'm passing through. I've got a city ahead of me. I've got a gain that's in Christ. You're everything. I'm, gaining, I'm losing the world, but I'm gaining Christ. Whoa, that's better than gaining the world and losing your soul. Yes. Tell me. I trust you. The more you have the world, the more your soul has been kept by the world. That's why the disappointment, broken heart, anger, hostility, all that stuff, you root it back, follow the feelings back, and it'll be a disappointment of circumstances that did not go the direction they should have. I was married, the guy divorced me. I had a dream for a business, went bankrupt. My children, they haven't yet decided that Jesus is the one I made them submit to. Whatever. Went to a church, gave all my life, and church didn't give back to me. It doesn't matter. But once it stops you, it matters. And the only way you get out is you have to release it. I forgive. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive me. Who am I to tell these people to be that? And you just start releasing it. And you see, the whole journey was to get out of yourself so that more of Jesus could be living freely and you could go, wow. Let's stand together. You've been so patient. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for those two applause. <laughs> mm. Yes, Lord, we thank you. The best is yet to come because the best is in Christ. He's the better. He's the better. He's the better. He's the better. Lord, we just uh, tell the Lord what you want to bring yourself to him for who he is for you what you want to release debts that are being growing cured against people even against God just have a conversation for just a moment we're going to sing a song and we'll go home 
but there's something about transaction. It's time to focus on Jesus Christ in all sufficiency he is and practice coming into the full presence of God. And then it's time to turn around and look around each other and say, I, I, see, I see your future. I see breakthrough. I see blessing. I want to encourage you to love. Keep loving, keep loving, keep loving. And I want you to stay on the task of the works that you're on. And I don't want you to get out of the fellowship. You need to be here. We need you here. Everybody needs to be together. We need to exhort one another. Just sing, I live to worship. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. There's a lot of brokenness that's, that's become weights in our life. They're, the brokenness is good, but they've become now a debt. Somebody's got to pay. And we can't pay it. We don't think God will pay it. No, the one we, who's indebted to us won't pay it. So the only way out is to forgive and release and let the disappointment go away broken promise be rescinded the problems that we're struggling with just released praise you Lord praise you Lord try it somebody owes you hundreds of thousands of dollars forgive them someone has rejected your counsel release them debt you release turns into a gain in Christ. Every loss in the earth is a gain in Christ. I live to worship. And when you're ready, just sing this song again. It's who we are. It's our inheritance to be fully Christ. And to celebrate, to be so full of joy, people think we're intoxicated full of peace and we are not troubled by the affairs of the shakings. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Go ahead, Allison. Please lead us. We'll sing.
Everybody just raise your hands. I want to release a blessing. Lord God, I would ask for the blessing that you gave Enoch to walk with you. To believe that you are. That you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. We would please you in our faith. I ask you to bless us with the love that Jesus has for us. To pour into our heart by the Holy Spirit until we are loved well and love well. I ask you to use our hands and then call us into the works, the good works you prepared before the foundation of the world for us to walk in. I ask you to keep us focused that we're not here just bettering our life by believing in Jesus. We're here laying down our life by believing in Jesus. That we might obtain the inheritance, the city, the better promise, the better, the better, the better. So in the name of Jesus, I ask for an activation of our prayer lives again today. Start over again and our reading again so that we are people in the spirit and in the word and being transformed by ways in which are way beyond any pulpit and any man could ever say in any meeting we'd ever go to. The greatest meeting we'll ever have is on our knees or on our walk or sitting in our chair every morning with our Bible in hand and with our heart coming with faith and talking to our King. And I declare a people that are so filled with the Spirit of God that we are bending, we are falling down, we are yielding up our own agendas, we are going after God with a fervency and intensity. I believe that we are people that the glory of God will rise upon and multitudes will come to see this one who is worth it all. Jesus. Jesus. Say his name with me. Jesus. Jesus, you're worth it all. Jesus. Jesus. I want to go up in the rapture. I want to be ready when you return. I want oil in my lamp. I praise you, Jesus. I'm living here so I can be filled with you constantly. Jesus! 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 I mean it. Help us. Help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Grace now. Rest upon us, Spirit of God. Fill us. Jesus, Lord of us. Father, the provision for everything over us. In Jesus' name. Amen.